Welcome to the Bill Bradley Collective. We are recording on a unbelievably beautiful Friday evening. Um, you can hear the birds in the background. This has been one of the best weather weeks, I think, of my lifetime. It's I, been unbelievable. I'm not looking forward to summer. It's already balmy. <laughs> and Zach's already bad about that. Right. One day we, he, I'm we, already pissed. We, 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 you live in Connecticut <coughs> for eight weeks. The four weeks of May and the four weeks of October. Every other month sucks in terms of weather. But those eight weeks make it all worthwhile. That's 16, maybe a lot actually is like eight and a half weeks. Like 16% of the year is just gorgeous, and then you just put up with the other 84%. How you doing, Zach? Doing well. That's good. That's it. Just doing well. That's good. No. no it's, I'm not yes-ending you. No, it's, um, well... I know that it, this I, is this is a very time. This is the three week crushing end of of the session. So yeah. I know you and my lovely wife will be mostly absent from your loved ones and your the rest of your life. But it is a uh, it's a rough time of year for you. Quick question, Zach: Who were the original members of the B Sharps? The B Sharps are Homer Skinner. Apu. Yes. Homer Skinner Apu. Chief Wiggum. That is correct. He and was, uh, you are forgetting the original member, which was Barney, who they found in a bathroom singing when he was sick. Barney replaced Chief Wiggum. Barney replaced. Barney, Barney was Ringo and Chief Wiggum was Peter Best. Pete Best. Which they made clear at the end when George Harrison comes in. Like, that's it's been done. Talking. Yeah, it's been done. How are you, Andrew? I'm, I'm well. That is that is that is good. I know you've also had a kind of shitty week of work. Hitting busy season. It's a summer business, so we're getting close. Yep. My week went fine. So these two men won consecutive Rookie of the Year awards, but they retired as New York. Um, they did not play on the same team in those years, but they retired as New York Knicks teammates in the same year. After losing to the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. Who are they? And are they dead or alive? I'll give you a hint. They played the same position. Basically the same position. One of them did win Rookie of the Year with the Knicks. Earl Monroe and Clyde Frazier. Great guess. Just wrong. Jerry Lucas. Into Busher? No. Willis Reed. Willis Reed. So, yeah. And they both retired at the end of the 73-74 season. Are they dead or alive? Reed is deceased. Lucas is alive, I think. Yes, Reed yeah. Reed only died recently. Less than two months ago. Yeah. But he's gonna come back and play one more just part of one more day in the garden. He'll be the second Jesus. Because you think about it, when Jesus came back, he didn't really do much of anything. Nobody hears about that. He came that what came out of the cave, said, I'm back. Yeah. And then like there's nothing else. Well, he talked to Thomas. Doubting him, Yeah, doubting Thomas. And uh, that was kind of it. Yeah. He, I think he went back to carpentry. Yeah. He's <laughs> a tradesman at heart. Yeah. You know? yeah. He really, he really When, when wanted, you know a trade, yeah. You yeah. became a cabinet maker. You couldn't, hey, you could never go out of work if you're a tradesman. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. Him and Lazarus hung out. Yes. Why do we do this? This doesn't make any sense. It's like, it's like going to your 50th year high school union. Why do we do this? So, Zach, what are you be ranting about? I'll be ranting about the Donald Trump town hall that was on CNN. 
That is quite good. Um, my guess is we will have different thoughts about that, Tom. As always on Trump. You and I are very divided. <laughs> yes. I look at it from an academic and also just love it. And you look at it from... The end, it's the end of the it's world the as we know it, and I, don't, and I don't feel fine. Yeah. Um, I will be ranting about um, the new wave of attacks on women's autonomy uh, that the GOP has is, is taken up. Andrew, what will you be ranting about? The hypocrisy of St. John's University um, firing coach Mike Anderson and refusing to pay his buyout amidst some real trumped-up bullshit charges um, of you know, ageism and cultural stuff. And then hiring an older, actual uh, Cretan in Rick Pitino. Um, Ed, do you got time for a quick? Can I give you a little dinner uh, live? Absolutely. Not a rush. Good. Who is the only quarterback to play in a Super Bowl, a Rose Bowl, and a Grey Cup, the championship game of the CFL? And is he, de- is he dead or alive? Warren Moon is alive. Never played in a Super Bowl. All right. All right. You're right. <clears throat> Wait. Rose Bowl. Super Bowl. Great cup. Could, could he just be on the team, or did he have to actually play? He played. Was the starting quarterback in all three. A starting quarterback. All right, the starting uh, three. Not necessarily the winner or loser, but just the starting quarterback in all three games. The only one ever to start all three games. I'm sure it's wrong, but I'm going to guess Len Dawson. Joe Cap. Ooh, I had the right game. I mean, I had the right you, right era. You, I think you had the right game. Super Bowl uh, four. Right, anyway, yeah, I had the yeah. right, I had the right game, just yeah. the wrong area. That's right, Joe Cap. That's a good one. I would not have come up with that because I did not know where Joe Cap went to college. And he's dead or alive. Joe Cap's dead, I think. This week, died in the last week, which is why kind of I brought, yeah. brought it up. That's why I, I thought about it. Yeah. On the subject of Super Bowls, real quick, thirty seconds. Jets record this year. Schedule came out. What's your prediction? Let's do it. Eleven and six. I'm eleven and six right now, too. Actually, eleven and six, and we beat. Buffalo on week one in Monday Night Football. It kind of sucks. Monday Night like we watch all, every Jets game together, and we're going to have to go to, like, Buffalo Wild Wings. Chili's. We're going to Chili's. Oh, we'll go to Chili's and sit there, and yeah, they're going to close I'm going to go on the record 9-8. and eight. I'm going to go on the record. 9-8. Nine nine. and eight. Nine and We're going to have to go to – we're going to have to – Spoken prob- like a true Rodgers fan. We're going to have to – we may have to move to Buffalo Wild Wings, which sucks. <laughs> Yeah, but and, Buffalo Wild Wings just sucks. Andrew, want to come to Chili's on Monday Night Football Chili? September 11th? Underrated Chili's. I was, I'm, I'm, yes. I'm in. I was I'm in. there earlier today. And what's our main topic? Three court decisions. Donald Trump, George Santos, Matt Ariza. We're going to talk about all three situations and kind of the bigger picture and what they all, in their own way, kind of say about our judicial system and the three individuals involved. It's all next. Uh, it's a Bill Bradley collective feast with all the trimmings. <laughs> Driving into the crossroads of sports and politics, we are the Bill Bradley Collective. Here are your hosts, Ed, Zach, and Andrew. So, when Clarence Thomas decided that the decision written by, I think it was Alito, on, uh, that overturned Roe v. Wade, the Dobbs decision, was not horrifying enough. He did his own uh, uh, you know, comment on it, in which he said, we have a duty to correct the errors established in these precedences. Those included Obergfell, same-sex marriage, private sexual conduct between people of the same sex, Obergfell, 
private sexual conduct be, between people of the same sex, Lawrence, and birth control, which is Griswold. But here, the uh, Republican Party has taken that and galloped. This week, the Texas GOP announced their platform for the upcoming election, and in it was the ending of no-fault divorce, which has become a, a big issue now because the rest of the world has become so terrifying that they've decided this is where we should go. In Louisiana, who also has this platform, it says Louisiana marriage laws have destroyed the Institute of Marriage over the past 30 to 50 years. The destruction of marriage has resulted in widespread child poverty in Louisiana. By the way, Louisiana offers no social services for, for child uh, p- poverty, so go fuck yourself, um, Nicholas James. No Fault Divorce started under Ronald Reagan, which may have been the only good thing that he ever did in politics. It became a law in 1969. It was signed by Ronald Reagan. I will tell you that I watch a lot of Perry Mason episodes done in the early late 50s and early 60s. And in them, many of the people who are accused of murder are women who wanted a divorce, but their husband would not grant it to them. One of the reasons that they passed this law in California was they thought it would have, it would decrease both domestic abuse and female suicide. Oh. States that passed universal divorce laws saw the total female suicides declined by around 20% which indicates the law works. But no, that's not good enough. Kazmarek, uh, who we talked about last week because of the Mifepristone uh, decision, I got it right two out of three weeks, that's great, once said that Reagan signing the Family Act Law Act of 1969 caused, quote, the first pillar to fall when it came to marriage laws, and he said the other two pillars... Uh, fell when the state eliminated legal penalties for fornication and adultery and when the Supreme Court affirmed the rights to abortion and contraception. So he's really legitimately in the mainstream. This is a horrifying bill. Steve Crowder, who I guess is a right-wing YouTube star. I think one of the most popular right-wing YouTube and podcasters. He said, quote, No-fault divorce means that in many of these states, if a woman cheats on you, she leaves, she takes half. So it's not no-fault divorce. It's the fault of the man. There needs to be changes to marital laws. And I'm not even talking about same-sex marriage. Talking about divorce laws. Talking about alimony laws. Talking about child support laws. Crowder got into the news recently because there's a three-minute video of of him emotionally screaming and abusing at his pregnant wife um, when she left him because he's a monster she said no this was not my choice my then wife decided that she didn't want to be married anymore in the state and in the state of texas that is completely permitted it should be completely permitted this is something we have taken so much for granted over the last half century or more that it's inconceivable we're going back we are going back to a world where women are convinced that they have to stay home and take care of their children because we don't longer provide daycare anywhere. And then they are unable to get out of abusive relationships. We want to go back to that. 
in many states. And if we get another 2016 where we have a Republican president and a Republican House and a Republican Senate, this will become the national law. That's the stakes. Yeah, I mean, this is horrifying because it's one of those like policies that you don't even think about. You're like, yeah, want to get a divorce? Get a divorce. You know, why is that a hard thing? And then you realize it's just because it's normalized. And also we live in New England where it's not that difficult. But this is why it is so frustrating watching, you know, liberal media and the Democrats in Congress and Joe Biden respond to these crises because they keep acting as if they can just get like normalized institutions and get back to normal and where we have respect for things, which is so woefully underprepared for the other side, which is using a full-on fascist takeover. And they have all the guns and a full-on fascist takeover with the stakes are they can't lose. I'm, I'm a white man who makes six figures. I am nobody's idea of a victim. But if there wasn't no false divorce, I would still be married in a bad marriage, right? In a marriage that neither one of us particularly was happy with. And what business is it a fucking state to make sure that that doesn't happen? Yeah. So uh, this week, Mike Anderson, former St. John's coach, head coach, head, head men's basketball coach, uh, filed in court a lawsuit against his former employer, uh, in search of $56 million, uh, 11 of which a in the form of a buyout that he's not going to, as of now, not going to receive, an additional $45 million in punitive damages. Let's go back in time. Mike Anderson takes over the St. John's program in 2019. Since Luke Karnaseka in the 80s, early 90s, with the exception of a couple of years in the late 90s under Mike Jarvis, the St. John's men's basketball team, it's been a, it's been a mediocre product. Um, it has been kind of an afterthought and also ran in the Big East Conference, both pre-alignment, uh, post, now that it's, you know, it's a bunch of Catholic schools in UConn. St. John's is just a, you know, kind of a lowly Catholic school in a Catholic school league. Uh, it's been a tough place to win. It was a tough place for Chris Mullen, who Anderson replaced. It was tough for Mullen's predecessors, Norm Roberts and Steve Lavin down the line. Um, Anderson is one of three, well, I guess he's not active, but three for the sake of this argument, active coaches, three active coaches in college basketball, uh, 15 plus seasons, has never had a losing record. Did not have a single lo- uh, losing record across four schools, UAB, Missouri, Arkansas, St. John's. Um, Anderson never made the tournament in his four years at St. John's, never finished with a conference record above 500. So to terminate the guy, to fire the guy, I get it, but you got to pay out that buyout. You owe him $11 million, so you got you to pay it out. If you're going to fire him for performance, so be it. Pay him his money. They're not paying him his money, St. John's. And they're citing a bunch of things that just don't check out to me. Um, it's almost akin to like a poker hand where St. John's is kind of running a bluff and Anderson, I think, has the goods and is going to call and could very well win this lawsuit. St. John's is alleging that Anderson, a 63-year-old man, uh, has diminished... Uh, what, do you, what do we call it? We mental mental, mental capa- faculties? Mental faculties. Mental capacity. Demi- thank you. Perfect. Not only that, also, that he has overseen a culture, he has overseen the St. John's men's basketball culture has kind of gone south. Academics have gone south. That the, that the kids and the institution, they've soured on him. He's got, you know, diminished capabilities, what have you. I follow this league really closely. And since UConn came back in, that much more close. And that's overlapped with Anderson's tenure. I'm very much in tune with the biggies, like the media types and the Twitter hives. I have not heard 
one negative thing in four years, five years about Mike Anderson personally, or minus the fact that he, that he can't make the, the tournament, nothing about his, just as a man, nothing. St. John's wants to withhold this buyout for one reason, so they can fucking afford Rick Patino. You want to talk about destroying your culture? You want to talk about not being a, a suitable leader of young men? Here's a guy, Patino, 10 years older than, you want to talk about faculties, 10 years older than Anderson. Bob Huggins, he's been in the news, six years older than Anderson. I don't hear anybody talking about his diminished mental faculties uh, following what he said this week. We can get into that at the bar later. Um, St. John's fucked around, and they're going to find out here. And the hypocrisy of trying to withhold a buyout from a guy, citing all of this sort of like m- this moral high ground, and to hire a guy like Patino, who, uh, in case you forgot, 10 years ago, has had to uh, forfeit a national title because of cultural issues. Um, fuck St. John's. I hope Anderson gets so much, as like a fan, honestly, I hope he gets so much money that they got to take a bus to Omaha to play Creighton and that Patino's going to drive that bus. Like, fuck St. John's. Fuck Patino. Let's go. This is similar to another story out of a Big East school. When UConn did this to Kevin Ollie, the difference is Kevin Ollie was a union member, an AFT member, AFT Connecticut member, in full disclosure, that's my employer, and he lost, uh, they lost this in arbitration, which is probably a safer place to be for the victim here, the coach, the ex-coach, than federal court where God only knows who appointed the person and God only knows what prejudice they might have towards St. John's. The idea, that, the idea that you fire somebody because of the culture they created when in the last school, you know, they're basically providing the young people hookers, uh, you know, the, the recruits hookers is um, ironic. Ironic is probably mild, but I think we could, we could use it. To say a guy who's 63 has diminished mental capacity, I mean. I'm 61. Our president's like 82. <laughs> like, Jim Beheim, Krzyzewski, these guys coached in their 80s. And like, well, I think Beheim definitely had some, you know, was a little short up top there towards the end. But like, n- nobody said a word about their faculties, you know? It's a very dangerous argument because it, it, it really, now, every time they try to get rid of anyone over the age of 55, they're going to get an age suit, age discrimination suit immediately because they've established a. They've established a precedent that they do this. I didn't want to go here with this, but I just it has to be said. You guys know what, what race Mike Anderson is? He's a black man. Surprise, surprise. Like, you know, trying to pull this shit. I didn't want to, I didn't want to but I, you know, I think that is a, bit well, of, boy, a, a piece you, of this. If you get a chance to get Rick Petito and let him run, get, uh, take over your program, you got to do it. Yeah. On the subject of diminished mental capacity, uh, Trump had a town hall on Wednesday on CNN, an hour and a half, prime time. I watched, I did not get to watch it live because I was at a concert, but I watched large swaths of it over the course of the next couple days uh, because I don't eat. It is not easy to sit through in one go. Trump played the hits. He came out, by the way, it was hosted by Caitlin Collins, uh, who wrote an article for the Daily Caller of, uh, ranking Syrian refugees by hotness and which ones we should accept. Uh, And then was also on Fox News where she called George Soros a left-wing weirdo who wants to change our culture. So 
CNN's best and brightest uh, going out to interview Trump in New Hampshire in front of 400 Republican-leaning independents in New Hampshire. So this is where my really only objection into this whole event was, was that it's a campaign rally. Don't give him a campaign rally. Like the one thing we learned from 2016 was just don't give him campaign rallies for free on television. Put him in front of an audience that is mixed, uh, you know, has Republicans, has Democrats, has unaffiliated Republicans, has unaffiliated Democrats, college kids, boomers, like a representative audience because this audience ate it up. They loved it. It was like watching people in their 50s when Springsteen plays Born to Run at MSG. They just, they're going wild for this guy. He said, you know, the election was fake, uh, refused to say anything, just the election was fake. He openly attacked E. Jean Carroll, uh, who he just was ordered to uh, pay $5 million to, but we're going to get into that in the main topic. And, uh, said he would pass a national abortion law and that he would pardon the January 6th uh, insurrectionists. So in light of all of that, the audience, rapacious in their joy uh, for Donald Trump, the head of CNN, very happy because their ratings crushed Fox News and MSNBC because Trump, Trump's a needle mover. But where my kind of like, this was insane. But where I have gotten frustrated with Democrats and liberals and people on the left's reaction to this is he is a former president and is the leading Republican candidate for the nomination. Are we supposed to just not talk to the guy for the next year and a half? Are we supposed to ignore him? Like, it's not, he's not going to go away. He'll still be covered. You're a news organization. Him running is news. Him running for the presidency is news. Put an anchor out there that if he spouts a lie, can fact check him, hold him accountable. Put him out there in an audience that is going to be potentially hostile instead of an audience that is just 100% in his corner. But for the, are we supposed to not watch any news organization that covers Donald Trump for the next 18 months? He's the front runner. He's going to be the nominee. There's a 50-50 shot he's going to be president again. Like, we have to watch what he's saying. So first of all, and I have many issues with this take, and they'll all be expressed with love. Um, First of all, Chris Licht is the chief executive of CNN. He's a man who laid off basically anybody who actually practiced real journalism at CNN. Uh, Brian Stettin. Uh, Stetson, I think his name Stelter. is. Stelter. 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 Yeah. Uh, right. I, I knew yeah, I the, up Chris Licht, not a good guy. No. Um, the reason he did this is not because Donald Trump's news, because there was no news here. He, as you said, he played all the hits. Yeah. He didn't say anything new. Well, the, they, uh, well, the national abortion ban is new. Right. Well, no, he's talked about that a little bit before. But well, first... And also, he's all over the fucking lot on abortion. Oh, yeah, he'll let, be against let's, it. Yeah, let's, let's, I mean, let, the idea that he has a cogent policy after... Eight years of this guy running for president or, or being president, we know there's no coaching policy. They put him in the most comfortable position he can conceivably be in, right? As you said, it's a campaign rally. Yeah. They allowed him 
to say anything he wanted. And when she fact-checked him, it was very mild. And every time, and when he did it, he referred to her as nasty. By the way, when he gets referred to as nasty, when a woman gets referred to again as being nasty for challenging them, that they should turn off the lights and say, that's not the way we allow our employees to be spoken to. HR has gotten involved, right? Because if, if a, an employee of CNN said to her, you're, being, you're, na- you're a nasty woman for questioning my authority, they'd be, they'd be put out. Yeah, they fired right? Don Lemon for calling Nikki Haley old. Correct. Correct. <laughs> and being black. And, being black. Um, and, and too liberal. Th- those three things were just way over, over the line. Um, he went on and on and on about the fact that January that he won the election, which is absolutely false. If you say it on Twitter, uh, not Twitter, if you used to say it on Twitter, they would block you. CNN did this in 16. They kept putting them on and putting them on and putting them on because the ratings went up. Yeah. I said it last week. I will say it again. The failure of journalism in this country has destroyed our, our, our hopes for democracy. There is no hope for democracy because it is profitable, profitable to do the things that prevent it. Because you know who's not watching CNN town halls on Trump? Anybody with a fucking brain. Because, uh, you know, it, I, I didn't, mean, it didn't change minds. No, it's not intended to change. People who I watched it because I'm like, well, it's, he's a former president. Got to see what he's up to. And you're like, into politics, but like, it's not designed to change minds. It didn't make it's me want to vote for it. It's not designed to, sell, to to make news. It's designed to bring in my pillow of ads. That's what it's designed to do. I'll say this: you, you know, CNN week in, week out for years now, they get their heads kicked in uh, ratings wise by both MSNBC and Fox. You know, I guess they got to try to keep the lights on somehow. Wednesday night was an insane night on cable TV. The top five programs, you had Trump, you had two NBA games, Vanderpump Rules, and All Elite Wrestling, which is kind of a strange, like, perfect Venn diagram of, like, all of my interests. Um, but it was, like, absurd. All of these things did, like, enormous numbers. I, I found that kind of interesting. Um, cable anyway. TV's back, baby. Cable TV's back. Fuck, you know, fuck cord cutting. All right. So we will be back with our main topic where we'll be talking about accountability for Trump, accountability for other political figures, Perhaps a lack of accountability or maybe redemption in a final case as we discuss what has happened this week on the courts. Hey, how y'all doing? I'm President Bubba, and I'm fixing government. What's that mean to you? Big savings. (laughs) Yep, every stupid thing the government ever bought and never used is going to be sold below cost. Way below cost. Why? Because you won't believe what we paid for it in the first place. Bring in the first item, Tipper. Look at here. It's a combination airplane speedboat that our U.S. Marines swore up and down. They just couldn't do it out. Never been used. Price tag says $27 billion. It's yours for $1.29. What a piece of junk. And here's another government surplus item that looked real good on paper back when we thought we had the money to pay for it. Solid platinum toilet seat. Use them in the home. Use them in the office. Heck, hang one from your neck and start a rap group for all I care. <laughs> Get them three for a quarter while the incredible supplies last. You cannot afford to miss President Bubba's government surplus sale. Where else can you pay so little for something you already paid way too much for?
So one of the topics that Trump talked about that we avoided intentionally was he spent a lot of time talking about E. Jean Carroll, who earlier, was it that day or the day before? Had, uh, the day before. Had won a $5 million suit against him for both defamation of character and for sexual abuse. Not rape, but sexual abuse. Yeah, he's guilty, but his penis is fine. Um, they, Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was just not... Well, I don't think they thought they could prove that, but they believed her more than they disbelieved her. Trump handled this with his normal class and aplomb, aplomb and spent most of his time Tuesday with really no pushback whatsoever uh, because why, why would you... Why would you make him responsible to actually, you know, tell the truth or be honest or just not yell shit? Called it a total disgrace. So, Zach, talk to me a little bit about what actually she had to prove here and what the standards are in a civil case rather than a criminal case. Famously, the most famous of these is the OJ case where he was found to be responsible for the death of Nicole Brown Simpson and Goldman. I forget his first name. Ron. Ron Goldman. Sorry. Sorry to the family. Yeah, so it was a civil case. So he was found liable, not guilty. A lot of people saying Trump right. was found guilty. It's, it's liable. It's, it's liable. Uh, he has not been found guilty in any courts uh, so far. But it was a civil case. So the standard is significantly lower uh, to prove harm. You have to prove basically some sort of monetary harm befell her from his defamation of her saying he didn't do it, attacking her, saying uh, defaming, you know, basically everything he has ever said about her was just shown in defamation. And in terms of the sexual abuse, they just had to show um, basically like that it was possible. No. That, that, what is it? it was it's like a preponderance, preponderance of, of evidence. Of yeah. the evidence, which means that it, I mean, basically, it means if a reasonable person looked at the evidence, yeah. they would believe this. It, it's, it's not beyond a reasonable doubt. It's like it is much more likely to be true than not yeah, true. It's he did it, but we can't prove it. It is. We can prove it's very likely that he did yeah. it. So this was this went to a jury, though, right? The jury is what yeah, ruled yeah, it was a jury. in financial penalty. Look, the whole, all of the pushback, the, the idea that I, well, I can't trust a jury from, from New York. Can't You can't trust a, a, a court... A judge, a New York judge, a New, a New York uh, jury. It's sickening, and it totally belittles and undermines the entire system. And you have elected officials doing that undermining, which is, I think, obviously incredibly troublesome and more more troublesome than I, I think most people realize. It, um, the, the party of law and order is not a, is not for law, and it's not for order. I mean, not it, in the least bit. it should be noted, though, that this is historic. A former president was found liable for sexual abuse. Yeah. Like, that is massive. That has never happened before. It didn't happen to Clinton. Nope. Didn't uh, Didn't happen to Kennedy. Well, Kennedy got killed. But it didn't happen. It, it's never happened before. <laughs> Kennedy caught a One way to make sure yeah, they stopped Ken looking. <laughs> Kennedy got lucky. But, um, I mean, in, this, in the defamation case, which is, which is much more much more uh, common to prove defamation. A jury has to find that this is from the New York times. A jury, the jury has to find that Carol's legal team proved by a preponderance of the evidence that Trump knew it was false when he published a statement about Carol last year and knowingly exposed her to public ridicule. They also had to determine that she had 
proved by clear and convincing ed- evidence that the statement was false and that Trump made the statement with actual malice. He, this is a man whose defense was she's not attractive enough to rape. And he was not only fun, he can't like on social media, he was ordered to not attack her on social media, which he then did immediately and then went on national television and attacked her. And there are legal opinions that have been given out freely that she can sue him again for this, for what she, for I believe what, she has, for what he just went on national television and said, she can go sue him. Let's be honest. Every time that this guy for years and years, every day, every instance that he gets on his phone, on a keyboard in front of a live mic, he's fucking guilty of defamation of somebody in some way. Every time he st- he said st- he opens his fucking mouth. This is a man that clearly used, well, I mean, his newest issue, not the newest issue, an issue that's coming down the road is that he used Trump organization money, which is charitable donations and campaign donations to pay off a porn star, um, Stormy Daniels, to do not talk about, uh, about their sexual encounter. And like, that's coming too. This is not a man who is, deserves the benefit of the doubt when it comes to bad sexual behavior. Did it give you guys some hope that, like, the courts maybe will hold Trump accountable? Like, Congress, we can we can give up on the political process holding Trump accountable. That's over. I mean, he's been impeached twice. The Senate's never going to convict him. Um, but did it give you any sense of, like, okay, there is a system put in place that still somewhat works? I think so, but it'll immediately get undermined, and the the impartiality or lack thereof of the judge, the jury, the prosecutor is immediately going to be called into into question and, and try and attempted to be disqualified which by is, his by his supporters, which is what they've done. Yeah. Um. It, it no, I, this is not giving me hope at all. I don't believe he will ever pay a dollar of this fine. He's already appealed it. He will go shot. He will say he can't get a, a fair trial in New York. He'll find he'll he'll say, but I can't get one in Alabama or Texas or someplace. I mean, no, I our country is irredeemably broken. There is no hope. There's no hope anywhere about anything anymore. It's kind of where that's I usually that's usually the the last thing I say, but we're just kicking it off now. Yeah, we're, we're reverse <laughs> headlining. But no, I mean cuz what are the chances he'll ever write that check? When was the last time he paid a bill? He hasn't paid for the inauguration yet. Yeah, I mean, he's not. He's <laughs> She's never going to see a dime of this. But it was like... And by the way, she's not some... He keeps calling her a whack job. This is a woman that's had a long and successful career in media. Like, this is not some... This is not some lunatic. This is a woman who's been successful in life... And also does not have a string of accusations about men attacking her, as opposed to a man who has a string of accusations of attacking women. Yeah, I mean, but in, let's go with a lighter side of the political scandals, now that we've gone dark with Trump. Uh, everyone's favorite congressman. What a journey. What a journey we've been on. <laughs> Who'd have thought we'd be here when we started talking about this a, co- a few months ago? George Santos was in federal custody, got arrested, and charged with uh, 13 federal yep. thirteen federal charges. It dealt with uh, disclosure of funds. He hid money, unemployment fraud. 
He said he was unemployed while he was collecting a $200,000 salary. Campaign finance, where they had to write checks to his LLC, which he then used for personal expenses. Uh, what else am I missing? Uh, yeah, there's more, but I recommend anyone Google George Santos' next uh, net worth. Because the first statement you read is, when he ran for office in 2020, Santos disclosed assets of zero and an income of $55,000. Two years later, he claimed to be worth $11.2 million with a salary of $750,000. That is a pretty good two-year stretch if you weren't just drafted number one overall. I have to admit, let's l- <laughs> hypothetically, if we lived in, say, D.C., and we were out at some like Beltway bar during like a session of Congress, and I ran to George Santos. I would like want to buy him a drink and just be like, "Listen, man, what is what? What's up? What's this? What's your story? Please, like, well, I, it, it's like fascinating in a very perverse, somewhat dystopian way that somebody can get to where he's gotten. How did the Democrats lose I, to this guy? Did, yeah, well, yeah. They, it's they the old John Lovitz thing when he's doing Dukakis, and he's like, "How the hell am I losing this guy?" Well. <laughs> <laughs> Some of this was the money got pulled because the governor's race didn't go as well as they wanted. And some of this went because it had to be like if you ran, and I don't remember his opponent's name, who was, by the way, the incumbent. Um, yeah, he beat, he won a primary. <laughs> in Island. He won a primary and then beat an incumbent, which happens like 3% of the time right. in Congress. And, and, and in a year. That went Democrat presidentially and overwhelmingly Democrat in New York. New York City. Not Staten Island. Staten Island's pretty pretty, uh, conservative. But he, um, yeah, the Democrats have expressed real embarrassment that they lost. And uh, no one is putting George Santos' campaign man, uh, the Democratic congressional campaign manager in Staten Island on on their resume. The most interesting part of this is McCarthy needs Santos to pass his debt ceiling plan. Correct. Like he need, he can't. I don't think McCarthy has called for him to resign. No, yet. no. He 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 says he wants to see all the evidence. He doesn't know all the evidence yet, which he'll never know all the evidence. He says he doesn't know all the evidence about January sixth, and he was there. Here's how bad George Santos's time in Congress is going. Today, the twelfth of May, as we record this, was a good day for him. Because he pleaded guilty to fraudulently cashing checks in Brazil <laughs> and agreed to pay back the five thousand dollars, and then they would they would stop trying to extradite him to face charges. That was a good day for him. Ryan Zinke from Montana, who was moved out of his uh, job um, position in the Department of in the Interior in Congress because of mis the Inspector General found him guilty of misusing his position for personal gain. Yeah, we covered him. He had a thing with, like, hand lotions, right, in hotels? Yeah, yeah it, it was bad. And Zinke is kind of saying, if there's a charge and the charge is veracity, they should look into it. And then says, I'm surprised he's lasted as long as he has. When you can, when you lose Ryan Zinke on moral charges, you, you've, you've been on a journey. The best-looking Republican in all of this is Mitt Romney. From the beginning, yes. Mitt Romney's been saying he should resign. Yeah, Mitt Romney, who I would never vote for in a million years and disagree with about everything, but 
He's an old, like, he's a, I don't know, a, a Robert Taft Republican. He's a New England Republican. He was governor of yeah. Massachusetts. Right. He created the Affordable Care Act. Yeah. He just did it in Massachusetts. Yeah. Brought the Olympics he, to Salt Lake City. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's he's horrifying, but he's a normal human being. Like, he's, like he's yeah. if you were his next door neighbor and you were going somewhere, you'd say, hey, can you watch the kids for me? And you wouldn't, they're in the backyard, I'll be back in 15 minutes, and you wouldn't worry that they'd come back, you know, abused or molested or, 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 or uh, taken to... Uh, it's pretty low take, bar. Take, <laughs> or, or really taken like, oh, like Ned Flanders took uh, Maggie Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, none of that's going to happen. I mean, this, this is the kind of political scandals that, like, I have just, like, we needed. As a country, we needed something lighthearted. <clears throat> this is, like... Um, we need. We just needed something we could all laugh at. How soon? Because this is not a question of if. This is a question of when. We're gonna get the movie. We're gonna get the Santos biopic. You're gonna have like Judd Apatow or Adam McKay directing, Pete Davidson in the in a starring role. Oh yeah, that's, that that's, Davidson's one. That's coming. I should run a studio. This is a gr- green light. This motherfucker. Let's go. Yeah, it, it's know? it's a Netflix five parter sure. or Hulu. Because it would be like Netflix is cutting spinning. So yeah, it would be it would be like Hulu. It would be like the dropout. Like you know. That's you, a good. That's good. Where yeah. you you just spend eight episodes watching the train run into sure. the mountain side of the mountain. Yeah, it'd this, be great. This is also like the type of corruption people care about in politics. Like he got money in a bag, and now that he changed his vote, like this is the type of corruption that like easily gets caught. Nobody cares about you know. The insider stock trading that Congress people do, or like Nancy Pelosi's net worth quintupling over eight years with their stocks, or Mitch McConnell's net, you know, nobody cares about that. But they, uh, like this, we can wrap our heads around. Like it, they told him to write a check, they wrote a check, and, and then, then he used it. <laughs> and then he just kept it. And also, he said he went to college and a college he never went to, and like all the stuff that's just so. It's not just strange. It's so easily caught. It's like talking to your four-year-old. What happened to the brownies? I don't know. Maybe maybe the dog ate them, but they were in the refrigerator. It's like that kind of stuff. But you know why the Republicans, and they're all turning on them. What did he, there's two things you can't do. You can't call out Republicans like Cawthorn did. And you can't be seen in drag. Because he acknowledged he was a drag queen while living in Brazil, and but when you have, when you look up like his Google thing and the first five questions, you know, who is George Santos's wife, and the next one is who is George Santos's husband, and the third one is what is George Santos's name, and there there's answers to all of them that are not normal. What is real? What's not? What's <laughs> fiction? What's it's fascinating. It it is, it's the be, it's the best political scandal I, of our lifetime i hope i hope if, he does, if, if he's could, not leaving you know could, he's never leaving if they could put the january 6 hearings in prime time let's put the george santos trial 8 p.m like every tuesday it would do big numbers has he been stripped of his committees yet no <laughs> he, the other day he was voting on a bill to stop unemployment fraud which he has <laughs> been charged with committing <laughs> He, uh, he's the best. M- meanwhile, meanwhile, Zoe Zephyr has to work from a chair because uh, I, I mean a bench in the hallway when when the speaker of the house's mother isn't there because she's opposing illegalizing trans rights. <laughs>
What a world. What a time. <laughs> End of time. Finally, to bring this to sports. Well, penultimately, because I have one more quickly after that. <laughs> a um, secret one. A secret one. But we're going to go quick. Matariza, the punt god, was, and I, I will tell people, Zach and I have read different articles and have very different feelings about this, was found uh, they have not decided not to charge him for the rape of an inebriated 18-year-old while he was at San Diego State. The people who he was supposedly with have been charged, but he has not been charged. Uh, they have dropped charges from him. The, um, the district attorney said... Ultimately, the prosecutors determined that it was clear that the evidence does not support the filing of criminal charges, and there is no path to a potential criminal conviction. Prosecutors can only file charges when they ethically believe they can be proven beyond a reasonable doubt. I'll let Zach respond all at once and and Andrew respond all at once. His attorney says, I am never surprised. I mean, the the victim's attorney, because she's clearly a victim. She was raped by somebody. Yes. I am never surprised when the prosecutor does not file sexual assault charges when the victim was intoxicated, which, again, great to be a woman in our country. And Areza's criminal defense lawyer, Carrie Armstrong, said in a TV interview that Areza did not force the girl to have sex. He is 100% adamant that he never forcibly had sex with her in any type of way or had sexual relationship with her while she was intoxicated, whether it be on alcohol or drugs. That is a long way from saying he wasn't there, which was his initial position. She also said later on that she had not disclosed she was only 18. All of that makes it understandable that they did not press charges, but that's far from saying, well, yeah, he he wasn't there, which was his original point. His original point was, I wasn't even at the party, and his lawyer Definitely did not say that. Yeah. She was raped by somebody that there's, from what I read, there's video footage. It's the same thing that cleared him from being in the room shows other individuals engaged in forcible sex. But we have a justice system. He was cleared. He was investigated and he was cleared. And for the rest of his life, as you already just showed, there will be a stain over him as being accused of forcibly gang raping a woman that he was cleared of. He lost his job, a job that a very select number of people are ever able to achieve. He's lost out on probably millions of dollars in future earnings because of an accusation and a rush to judgment. And we we do societally rush to judgment in sexual abuse cases because more often than not, 99% of the time, they're proven to be true. No, less than a quarter of 1% of all people who are accused of rape spend time in jail. We don't, we do not do this well Ever. The entire like collegiate, I call it a subculture of, of just underage binge drinking and partying and socializing that's been glorified on television and in movies forever for, you know, time immemorial. It's, it's really fucking bad. It's really, it's incredibly just harmful to women 
to put kids when you're 18, 19, 20 years old. It's Ariza is in no shape, way, or form any kind of victim. There's a the young the young girl is is clearly the victim. Ariza's not clear. I just feel like this shit happens a lot, and it just goes undocumented, unreported. This is gonna follow him. Putting yourself in that position. That's that's a problem. To to where I know he's been cleared. I'm sorry. I'm kind of like trying to mm-hmm. articulate this right. Um, he's got he's got to own his just sort of yeah like he approximation admi- he ad- here he like admits- to to a, to a really fucked up situation. He admits to consensual sex, and she it it should never be in question. No, like the cons- it, that should never be. It should never be. If, if, if it is in question, it shouldn't happen. Consent should have to be a positive affirmation, and and if she's drunk. Then it's not a positive affirmation. That I agree with that. And by the way, the idea that he will definitely never be able to play in the NFL, uh, Deshaun Watson would disagree with you. Yeah, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson was also cleared of criminal charges. Deshaun Watson's a star quarterback, and he was a punter who was known for being able to kick the ball 70 yards. Right. He's a fifth-round punter, so I don't think he's – I mean, it might have been millions, but it wouldn't have been in the tens of millions. But beyond that, it's – the NFL doesn't give a fuck about women. They never do. Um, right now, I mean, if Daniel Snyder's report comes out, I'll be stunned because they didn't bring the last report out. They didn't bring the last one out because they said they had a mutual, it was mutually, uh, destructive for them to do that because Snyder was a monster and the NFL let him be a monster until they realized he was shortchanging the other owners. Yeah. But in terms of people who have not been either cleared or faced judgment, came out this week that Clarence Thomas and Ginny Thomas's children had all of their children's private education, expensive private education, paid for by Harlan Crow, the man who gave them expensive vacations. Uh, Roberts said because Harlan Crow did not personally have business in front of the Supreme Court, it was not an ethics violation, although he is an extreme right-winger who believes in things like getting rid of Roe v. Wade and... Um, getting rid of consensual uh, marriage between gay people and probably, I'm assuming, no-fault divorce, all positions of Clarence Thomas, magically holds, even though he's never thought about anything once in his life. So at least somebody skated this week. And with that, we'll say goodbye for the Bill Bradley Collective. As always, we thank you for joining us here. And if you liked today's episode smash that subscribe button. Leave us a review. Let's help grow the collective brand. We'll see you all next week on the Bill Bradley Collective.